This is the day the Lord has made. So let's rejoice and be glad in it. Yes, we declare it. But do you believe it? Do you really believe it? Because if you do, the Bible says, actually, Jesus says, if you can believe, all things are possible to those who believe. So let faith rise as we prepare to worship today. And no matter what, today, let's worship with all of our heart. Let's worship with all of our soul. Let's worship with all of our mind. Let's worship Jesus, who faithfully gives us the strength to do all things, who is greater in you and me than anything that's in this world. So come on, let's worship. Because the fullness of joy is just waiting to happen for you and me because we do. So here we go. Yo, come on, everybody. There's a river of life flowing out of us today. Come on, let's jump in this river. Let's worship our God. Put your hands together. Lift your voice with us. Here we go. There is a river where goodness flows. There is a fountain that drowns sorrow. There is an ocean deeper than fear. The tide is rising, rising. Come on. There is a current stirring deep inside. It's overflowing from the heart of God. The flood of heaven crashing over us. The tide is rising, rising. Here we go.
a river where goodness flows. What a powerful truth we've just sung together. You know, the word river shows up in almost every book of the Bible, starting in Genesis all the way to Revelation. There was a river in the garden. There'll be a river that flows from the throne of God in heaven. You see, river symbolizes life, and God wants to bring you life right there where you are. In fact, there's a wonderful promise that we read in the book of Isaiah where God says these words. Here's what he said to the people of Isaiah's time. Here's what he wants to say to you. It says, behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I don't know what kind of dry place or empty place you might be going through, but God specializes in bringing rivers to deserts, to bringing life where there's death, to bringing joy and peace and strength and breakthrough where nothing seems to be happening. And I want to speak that over you right now. Lord, you know every one of us. You know the empty places, the desert places, the barren places. You know the longings. But you, Lord, promise to bring rivers in the desert. You will do a new thing. And I just pray for that new thing right now in every household, every person who can hear my voice. Come and do that work. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, welcome to Cathedral of Faith. We're so glad you're here with us. Thanks for tuning in. Know that you're in our hearts and in our prayers. Some of you have been tuning in for months. Some of you might be new with us. And if you are new with us, on the screen, you're going to see a QR code. If you hold your phone up to that QR code, we'd love to have you in the next few moments go in and fill out some information. If you have prayer requests, we can contact you. If you want more information about Cathedral, this is a great way to connect. So take that picture of that QR code and join with us to be part of our church family. Well, one of the interesting things that we see in the Bible is not only God want to overflow us and bring us life, that river of life. In John chapter 7, we read these words. It says, whoever believes in me, rivers of living water will flow from within them. So not only does God want to pour his life over you, that river of life for you to jump in and receive his goodness, he wants that river of life to flow through you. That happens by the way we speak to others, the encouragement, the strength, the blessing we bring. It also happens in moments like this when we bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord. That river of life, what God has poured into us, we get to pour out for him to use. What amazing things God has done around our campus in the last weeks, continuing to bless people in our community with food. Our interns have been here working really hard and being a blessing. We are just touching this community in so many ways. And you letting the river of life flow through you makes that happen. And you can do it several ways. You can go to our church app. You can go online to our website or there's a number on the screen you can text to. And by doing that, you let that river of life flow out through you as well. Well, God has great things prepared for us. We hope to see you soon. Email us, text us, 
Let us know how we can pray for you. We're looking forward to all that God has in store as that river of life flows over you and through you. And now God's about to speak to us as Pastor Ken comes to bring another great sermon in this series of questions of Silicon Valley. Thank you, Dr. Wayne, and and thank you for being a part of today's service. It's such an honor to be on this journey with you. And this month, we've been thinking about the questions of Silicon Valley. We live in the hub of the high-tech universe, and there are questions that are connected to and flow out of all this technology. And today's question has to do with this box. Do you recognize this? Of course you do. It's an Amazon delivery box. Now, if you're a member of Amazon Prime, you can get free delivery in one day. I read that the fastest delivery that's happened was, it it took 23 minutes. Someone went online and ordered an Easy Bake Oven. And uh, 1,386 seconds later, that box was delivered to their doorstep. Now, when Amazon first started, when they'd make a sale on their website, they would ring a bell every time they made a sale. Of course, if they had to do that today, it would sound something like this, 24-7. I mean, because Amazon is the biggest retailer in the world. Last year, every day last year, they delivered over a million packages, and I think half of them ended up at our house. Now, you can order just about anything from Amazon. I went online, and I found out I could order an avocado pool float. I could order a unicorn that... Uh, You can store your tacos on. You can order marshmallow cereal. I already put my order in for that. You can order an alarm clock that runs away from you so you have to get out of bed. You can even order a tiny home. They'll deliver it to your house and there's a kitchen and a bathroom. Of course, some assembly is required. And then if you're a member of Amazon smile with every purchase they'll give a donation to your favorite charity can you say reaching out oh amazon boy there's lots of things you can order uh, from amazon and i I love when i get an amazon box at at the house it always makes me smile if there are too many boxes sitting at our front door it makes me cry but usually it makes me smile But that brings us to today's question. Siri, would you help me out? Hey, Pastor Ken, can Amazon deliver happiness? Amazon delivery can make me smile, but can it deliver happiness? It seems to me that deep within every human heart is the desire to be happy. I've met a lot of people over the course of my 40 years of pastoring, and I've never had anyone say to me, I mean, I've heard all kinds of things, but I've never had anyone say, Pastor Kim, what I really want in life is to be more miserable. Can you teach me how? Show me how. I'm kind of miserable, but if you could do a sermon on the three steps to making me more miserable, I'd love to lock into that podcast 
Never had anybody say that. It seems that deep within the human heart, most of us, if not all of us, have a desire to be happy. In fact, the most popular course in the history of Yale University was offered back in 2017. And the course had to do with, with, uh, with helping students to find a more joyful and satisfying life. More than one quarter of the students of Yale registered for the course. It was called Psychology and the Good Life. Now, the teacher of that course said that when students sign up and come to class, a lot of times they have wrong notions about what will truly bring them happiness. She said this. She said, our intuitions about what will make us happy, like winning the lottery and getting a good raid, are totally wrong. We have this desire to be happy. But how do we find joy? How do we discover it? The kind of joy that's mentioned in the Bible. In Psalm chapter 4, we read this. You have given me, God, you've given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvest of grain and new wine. How do we find that kind of joy? Well, I'd like to suggest that the starting point for finding the most profound level of happiness and joy is becoming a follower of Jesus. C.S. Lewis once wrote this in Mere Christianity. He writes, a car is made to run on petrol. It would not properly run on anything else. Now God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn. Or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. He continues. There is no other. That is why it is just no good asking God to make us happy in our own way without bothering about religion. God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself. Because it is not there. What Jesus has come to do is not only deliver us from our sin, but deliver to us a profound joy and happiness that's found in him. John chapter 15 says this. Jesus says, I have told you this, I have told you this to make you as completely happy as I am. How do we find that? How do we discover that? Here's another thing that I have learned. That even if you're a follower of Jesus, you can want joy, ask for joy, search for joy. But unless you put into practice joyful principles. See, in Christ we find two things. We find a joyful presence that we practice. And we find joyful principles that we practice. If you pursue happiness without pursuing those principles, happiness is always elusive. But if we pursue the presence of a joyful Christ and the practice of Christ's joyful principles, well, happiness has a way of pursuing us. So what are some of those principles? that will lead to joy, more joy. 
Well, let's look at three of them. The first one is choosing to have a different mindset. Take on a different mindset. Now you can see here a picture. And if you look at the picture one way, if we can bring that picture up, if you look at the picture one way, you'll see a duck that here's the beak, here's the eye, here's the back of the head. Look at that picture, there's a duck. But wait a second. If you look at that picture a different way, there's a rabbit. There's the nose, there's the, ear, the eye, and here's the, well, the ears. You see a picture of a rabbit. Now, both of those pictures are, both of those images are in the picture. It all depends on what you're looking for. And here's what I've discovered about life. You can look at your life, the picture of your life, and you can see what there is to complain about, or you can see what there is to praise about. And the more you focus on what there is to praise about and be thankful for, the more your joy level will go up. Psalm 34 reads this way. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Can somebody say amen? I heard that all the way through that screen. There's, we can look at that picture and this is what we have to complain about or this is what we have to praise about. And my focus will affect my level of joy. Now, the difficulty is, is that we live in a culture of complaint. Wherever we go, there tends to be complaining. We go to work or we go to school or we go to church, not this church, but in other churches. I saw this one comic of a guy who goes to see the doctor and the doctor says to the patient, you tested positive for being too negative. We live in this culture of complaint and that culture can get on us. It can get in us. So even though a miracle can be right in front of us, we miss it. There was a group of people in the Old Testament. They have been freed from slavery, delivered from their oppressors. In fact, they took with them the spoils of the Egyptians and they were on their way to the promised land. And while they're on their way, every day, every day, they experience a miracle. When they wake up, there is food that has come to them from heaven. They don't have to go to the grocery store. It's door dashed right to them from heaven. All they have to do is go out and pick it up. What a miracle. Every day. Imagine that. And yet, at some point, they get used to the miracle. They take that miracle for granted. And eventually, look what they say about that miracle. We're starving out here. And the only food we have is this manna. Is this manna. Even a miracle they begin to complain about. See, in that picture, you find both images. I can either complain about it, or I can find in that picture what there is to praise about. 
And the more I praise and give thanks, it increases my level of joy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 reads, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that's why this week's seven-day challenge, you know, uh, 30-day challenge, 21-day challenge, those can be difficult, but a seven-day challenge, by the grace of God, even I can do that. And so for the next seven days, here's what I invite you to do. At the end of the day, before you hit the sack, count your blessings. Write them down in a journal. Here's what I have to be thankful for. And when you do that, studies have shown just doing that on a daily basis can improve your emotional health, including your level of happiness. It's the cheapest, easiest therapy there is. And it works. For seven days, let's do that together. And see what God may deliver through that practice. I have so much to be grateful for. I'm grateful that I woke up on this side of the dirt. I'm alive. And I have food to eat and water to drink and a roof over my head. I have a wife who loves me and grandkids who think I'm a superhero and friends that are just off the charts. When I wake up, I get to see mountains and I can drive to the beach and I enjoy the best weather on the entire planet. And most of all, I have Jesus. And if I have Jesus, there's always room for praise and thanksgiving and joy. In Colossians, we read this about what we find in Jesus. As parts of one body, we were appointed to live in peace and be thankful. And the passage continues. Let the message about Christ live among you like a rich treasure. Teach and correct one another wisely. Teach one another by singing psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing to God with thanks in your heart. And it continues. Do everything you say or do in the name of the Lord Jesus. Always give thanks to God, the Father, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Three verses. Three times we're told to give thanks. It's the trifecta of thanksgiving. We ought to be thankful. Not as a duty in the way we ought to pay our taxes. But instead, as a delight. You ought to see this movie. Because when we're grateful, even in difficult seasons, if right now you're on a trial, trials are hard. Trials are painful. This past year and a half, dealing with the pandemic has just been a bear on all of us. And yet, when we look at that trial, what if we looked at it instead as a test? We know how test works. With a test, if you pass the test at school, that's how you get to the next grade. That's how you get to the next level. What if we viewed this trial as a test? 
Instead of a stumbling block, it's a stepping stone. Instead of an obstacle, it's an opportunity. That it's a test. And by the grace of God, if I pass the test, I'm going to get to the next level. The next level of blessing. The next level of favor. The next level of character. The next level of maturity. The next level of opportunity. What if we viewed a trial as a test? Duke University once did a massive study on the subject of happiness. And they found that you can increase the level of happiness by refusing to indulge in self-pity when handed a wrong deal. It's easier for people to achieve happiness when they accept the fact that nobody gets through life without some sorrow and misfortune. Instead of throwing a pity party, I'm going to look at that picture and I'm going to see that trial as a test, a test that's going to take me to the next level. James chapter one puts it this way. We read, my brothers and sisters, you will face all kinds of trouble when you do think of it as pure joy. How can we do that? Well, look at it as a test. Your faith will be tested. You know that when this happens, it will produce in you the strength to continue. And you must allow this strength to finish its work. Then you will be all you should be. You will have everything, everything that you need. See, we can't always control what happens to us. But we can control the way we look at that picture. And I'm going to choose today. This is what I can praise about. This is what I can be thankful for. And the more I do that, I'm on the way to increasing my joy. Now that brings us to the second principle we find. And that is to let go of bitterness and resentment. Now I have a buddy who traveled through Europe. And all he used was a backpack. Can you imagine that? Traveling through Europe with a backpack. That's way different than the way my wife and I travel. My wife and I, I saw this picture that there's a girl with lots of luggage and it says, when your girlfriend says she's only bringing her essentials for the trip, <laughs> this is the way that we travel. I mean, we've got backpacks and bags and uh, we've got all kinds of stuff when we travel. And here's the question I want to ask you. How are you traveling? Are you carrying around lots of baggage? You know, in, in life, we pick up baggage along the way. Someone hurts us or wounds us or betrays us or offends us. And we pick up baggage. And if we carry it around for a while, that pain, it turns into poison. And then before we know it, we're weighed down. Weighed down by bitterness and resentment. And bitterness and resentment will rob you of your joy. In that same study at Duke University, this is what they discovered. They said, rid yourself of suspicion and resentment. Nursing a grudge is a major factor in depression. See what that does when you're carrying around the weight of that baggage. It wears you down. It wears you out. It drains you of all your positive energy and emotion. And that's why you can end up depressed. 
and in despair. The way we can take back our joy is by taking our baggage to the foot of the cross. Ephesians chapter 4 reads this way. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. Can you see yourself today taking that baggage to the foot of the cross and leaving it there? When we do that, we're not condoning what was done or excusing what was done. What was done was wrong and that's why it has to be forgiven. Instead, we're saying, we're saying to ourselves, that hurt has already caused me pain. I'm not going to let it continue to cause me pain over and over and over again and rob me of my joy. Instead, in my heart of hearts, I'm choosing to let it go, to send it away, to forgive that person of what they've done so I can be free, take back my joy. And just being real, it's not always easy to let go of that baggage. Jesus was once talking to the disciples about forgiveness and they heard what he was saying, but one disciple couldn't see. He said, Jesus, I want to do it. I really do. But I don't see how I can. I don't have enough faith to be able to forgive. And Jesus said, if you just give me a little bit. Give me something to work with. In Luke 17, we read this. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will, it will obey you. If you give God something to work with, God, I don't see how I can forgive. But with what I have, I bring it to you. Jesus said, just a little bit of faith, when God rides in on it, can get rid of bitterness and resentment, can take that tree and plant it into the deepest ocean. Can you see yourself bringing that baggage and leaving it today? At the foot of the cross, it's giving up your right to strike back. Now, there's something in all of us. It's very natural. When someone hits us, we hit them back. When someone hurts us, we hurt them back. I saw this one picture of these three little kids, and it said, revenge. She can't spell it, but it's coming. And all of us know what that's like. It's very natural to want to strike back. But when we forgive, this is what we do. What do we do when we forgive? We take our right to strike back and we bring it to the foot of the cross and we leave it there and we give it up to God and we trust that God will make things right. If you don't believe God will make things right or trust that God will make things right, then it's hard. 
to let go of that baggage. We want to strike back to make things right. But if you believe, if you believe that God is a God of justice and God will bring justice in this situation, either in this life or in the next life, then we can trust him. I trust you. I kind of trust you. Do I trust you? We trust him enough to take our baggage to the foot of the cross and leave it there. That God will one day make things right. Romans chapter 12 puts it this way. It says, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap coals of shame on their heads. In other words, we do what we can do. And that is we bless and we forgive and we leave our right to strike back at the foot of the cross and God will do what he can do. God will bring justice. And God will deliver joy. More joy into your heart. As we practice the joyful presence of Christ. And we practice the joyful principles of Christ. Well this is what will deliver profound happiness that brings us to the last principle that we find and that's finding ways to bless other people there's a researcher down at the university of southern california and he wrote this about happiness he said many people are under the illusion that the more money we make the happier we'll be and he's right it's an illusion once you have your basic needs met there's no correlation between the amount of money I have and the level of happiness I enjoy. In fact, the more money I make, the more things I tend to want. If I could just have that one more box from Amazon delivered, then I would be happy. And we live in the if, when state of purgatory. Happiness always seems like it's just out of reach, right around the corner, and we miss the joy that we could have right now. Now, I grew up right down the street from the church in a middle-class home, but my dad grew up in very different circumstances. He grew up in this tiny little town in the south, in the poor section of the town. In fact, he used to tell me, we lived in the section of the town that the poor people called poor. He used to say, we didn't have three bedrooms and a bath. We had one bedroom and a path. In other words, they didn't have a lot of material possessions when he was growing up. But one thing they did have, he would tell me, our house was full of love and it was full of joy. See, there's nothing bad about money if God blesses you with wealth don't be ashamed of it be grateful for it and use it in a way to glorify God but let's just be clear on what money can and, and can't deliver now researchers have found a way that money can 
deliver joy, more joy to you. And here's what they've discovered. Let me illustrate it by a study they did. They gave a Starbucks gift card to a group of students. And to one group, they said this, we want you to take that card and buy yourself a latte. Now to a second group, they said, we want you to take that card and give it to somebody else. And then to the third group, they said, here's what we want you to do. We want you to bless somebody else with a cup of coffee. But we also want you to go with them and share that experience together. And do you know, they found that the third group, that when they blessed somebody else and shared in that experience, that that increased the level of joy the most. There's a book called Happy Money. And in that book, they talk about how you can use your money to serve and bless other people. And that's the way that it will deliver more happiness to you. They write, the only ones who will really be happy are those who have sought and found out how to serve. It's counterintuitive. It would seem like the more that we get, the happier we'll be. But it turns out it's the more that we give. Jesus gave us that wisdom a long time ago. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And it's true. In neuroscience, they found that when we help somebody out, when we bless and serve somebody, that there's actually an area in the brain that lights up. You can see it. And it delivers more happiness to your system. They said that if we could take what happens in your brain and bottle it and sell it, we would be billionaires overnight. And that bottle, it's within your reach today. The Bible says a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. What would that look like for you? In a couple weeks, you're going to see a connect, grow, serve option right here online. And it's going to tell you about ways that you can get involved here on site or online. Ways that you can serve other people. We love to help people discover what their gifts are, what they're passionate about, and help them to connect those two with opportunities and how they can serve and bless other people. And when you do that, when you live beyond yourself and find ways to serve somebody else, you discover joy in the most surprising of places. We all know who uh, Mother Teresa, the late Mother Teresa was, and the great work that she did. Well, there was a journalist who wanted to go and, and visit these places and find out more about the work. She was serving you know, 10,000 lepers in 28 different cities. And, and one thing that struck him, wherever he went, he noticed that the people who were working in the most dire of circumstances around the worst of poverty, that they always seemed to be, these nuns seemed to be smiling. And he asked Mother Teresa about that, and here's what she said. She said, nothing makes you happier than when you really reach out in mercy to someone who is badly hurt. 
The more you give, it opens the door to receiving more happiness. Even in the most difficult of situations, a few years ago, at our sister church down at Saddleback, there was a member of that church, a young lady. She was battling things herself, but she wanted to bless and serve other people with jars of joys, of joy. Listen to her story and think about how God wants to work through your life this week. Jessie Joy Reese from Rancho Santa Margarita lost her battle with inoperable brain tumors last week. Tonight, her father shared a story of his daughter's courage. He said after months of painful treatments, Jessie Joy had one thought, help other kids with cancer by giving them jars full of love, candy, and anything that felt like a hug. She called them joy jars. Her wish was that she would send one to every kid fighting cancer which is over 50,000 children today in hospitals. We ended last year with over 3,000 jars stuffed. I will miss making joy jars with Jesse, but I will make sure every kid gets their jar. I promise you, sweet pea. Tonight, thousands showed their support at Saddleback Church by celebrating her small life that has now made a national impact with Jesse's nonprofit organization called NIGU, named after her favorite phrase, never, ever give up. She has 77,000 followers on Facebook. Everyone I know, everyone's putting up signs and we're all never giving up. Jesse's joy jars are now in hospitals in 27 states. In Mission Viejo, Stacy Butler, CBS 2 News. What a powerful story. How does God want to work through you this week, even in your brokenness? God wants to bless other people through you. My prayer is that this week you'll experience in your life profound joy, the kind of joy that God wants you to have. Whatever season of life you're in. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes, the writer there says this. He says, I advise everyone to enjoy life. A person on this earth can't do anything better than eat and drink and be glad. Then they will enjoy their work. They'll be happy all the days of the life God has given them on earth. God's not a killjoy. God wants to deliver his joy to you through his presence and through his principles. Take hold of that joy this week. Here's Pastor Vaughn to sing a powerful song, Keep Me in the Moment. Thinking about time and where does it go? How can I stop my life from passing me by? I don't know. I've been thinking about family and how it's going so fast. Will I wake up one morning just wishing that I could go back? I've been thinking about lately, maybe I can make a change and let you change me. So with all of my heart 
Thanks, Pastor Vaughn. And, and that's my prayer for you is that, that you'll be able to stay in the moment, not miss the joy that God has for you this very day. You know, if you need prayer, please reach out to us. We'd love to stand with you in prayer. And don't forget right after the service, there's the wrap. It's a great way to take the message deeper and further. Cathedral, friends and guests, thanks again for joining us today. I hope you know that you're loved by God, and you're loved by this pastor. And I'm believing that this week is gonna be a week of gratitude and joy. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, all this week, may God fill you with his joy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray, amen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to awesome. The Wrap. We're so excited to have you here. I hope you guys tuned in and listened to Pastor Ken's message mm -hmm. because we got a lot to unpack. This one is a great one. He kicked off his sermon series, and he's asking us the questions of Silicon Valley. Amazon brings happiness? We'll find out. <laughs> so today on The Wrap, we have Julio, Kyle, and Dylan. And let's start off, Dylan. What did you feel like Pastor Ken breathed into this message today for you? I think the most important thing that stood out to me was to see a trial as a test. Mm. Um, to not look at a stumbling block and think it's a stumbling block, but actually look at it as a stepping stone. Yeah. A lot of times when we run into problems, mm. um, we spend too much time complaining and dwelling on what if this happens or, or you know, we just complaining too much. And, um, and I think 
we spend too much time trying to avoid that situation when in reality that situation could actually be getting us somewhere better than where we were then. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I think seeing trials as tests is uh, such a better mindset that we all could have. Yeah, awesome. the yeah. mindset, the obstacle is the way. Yeah. yeah. And going off that point, like, we always dwell on the waiting period. But, like, even on Amazon, like, we have to wait for shipping. It's, <laughs> like, one of the, like, the flaws about it is that it's not, we don't get the instant gratification from buying from, a, mm -hmm. from somewhere in person. Yeah. So True. when we're buying online, we have to wait for the shipping. And that goes the same with, like, our prayers. Like, our, our prayers are not going to be answered instantaneously. Yeah. It's always going to take a little bit of time, but even with Amazon, we have the privilege to check where our, tra our, track, our track where our packages are. Mm -hmm. So we know when it's going to be delivered and when we know it's going to be here. Mm -hmm. But with uh, God's faith, we, don't, we can't really uh, plan. You can't track. Yeah, you can't track when the blessings are going to come. No app nope. for that. Yep. Nope. <laughs> <Yet>. <laughs> it comes when it comes and Yet. you just, by the time it comes, you're like much more happier because you've been... Uh, having faith this whole time. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so happen. good. That's so good. Mm -hmm. One of the things that stood out to me um, was in the beginning of the sermon, Pastor Ken says, God delivers joy through his presence and through his principles. And that really hit home because it just reminded me of just the importance of having that daily encounter with God, mm -hmm. right? That, that daily encounter of saying, God, I want to be in your presence because not just of what I'm going to receive, but what are you going to teach me and the, the fundamentals that I'm going to yeah. be getting out of you. Yeah. Um, so that, that really hit home for me. Um, and it really spoke to me in that sense of just being in his presence to be able to build, obviously, my fundamentals and my foundation in Jesus. Yeah. What would you say... Who yeah, I'm putting you on the spot, but like, what are your fundamentals that you like to like set to make sure that your day starts off with gratification yeah. or just like joy? What would you be those kinds of stepping stones? My stepping stones and my uh, is in my, I, w I would put my, um, my must, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. is definitely spending time with God in the morning mm -hmm. um, because that is what allows me to not only have a clear mind, but also allows me to have a clear heart. Yeah. So therefore, when, you know, we are going through our day and we're going through our weeks, uh, we're able to constantly be overflowed mm -hmm. by his presence. Mm -hmm. So therefore, we're not, you know, holding on to, you know, oh, what was that last word I got a month ago, right? It's like, oh God, that's right. You gave me this about five minutes ago. And because I'm overflowing of your presence, I'm able to now bless someone else with it. Amen. So. And I loved how you also touched on the presence mm -hmm. because I always feel like when I was growing up, I thought when you pray, oh, it must be in this quiet space on your knees, you know, you set the intentions with God. But yeah. I, like through, through life, I yeah. found that just having lunch with a friend yeah. and just praying with yeah. them or listening to them and, and consoling them through God's spirit, that's God's presence. Absolutely. God's mm -hmm. presence is in a lot of little things we do every day. We just have to be yeah. aware of it yep. and not mm -hmm. complain about it. I catch myself a lot of times setting up a lunch with a friend and being like, oh my God, why did I do that? <laughs> I have so many things on my list. I'm so busy. Why did I say I could go out with my friend and have lunch? Mm -hmm. And then I have to recheck myself and say, no. This is an opportunity. Correct. This is a blessing Correct. that I get to spend time with my friend. Mm -hmm. That we are still breathing, we are happy, and we are going to spend this time in God's presence. Yeah. So just constant reminders during the day, even just waking up, breathing a fresh breath yeah. and saying, thank you, God. Yep. 
Because sometimes I complain. I wake up and I go, oh my gosh, I have to get out of bed. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's so comfy. It's so warm. It's so yeah. cold out there. Yeah. <laughs> but just getting up and saying, thank you, God, for this new day, it just sets me back in the yeah. space that today is a day that I get to make. Yeah. I get to praise God's name yeah. and I get to share his love. Yeah. And that's what I feel like it's all about, you know? Amen. Amen. So, Amen. Dylan, did you have a verse that you'd like to share with us so that yeah. we can? Yeah, um, one that he mentioned was James 1, 2 to 4, mm -hmm. which says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Amen. Amen. So Cathedral Faith, all the people watching online, joining us here on the weekend or wherever you're at in your space, get in the chat. We like yeah. to hear what you are grateful yes. for today, every day. God blesses us big and small. We just have to be aware. No yeah. complaining. We have to be aware mm -hmm. of everything that God has yeah. given us. So, oh, we're all taking the challenge here today, yes? We're Absolutely. all taking the seven-day challenge to take out our journal every night. You could do this with your family and write down what you are grateful for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let hope rise in you with the spirit of God rise in you and may all those blessings just fill your heart with so much yes. love and laughter. That's yes. our prayer for you, Cathedral. Yes. And as we always say here at the wrap, it's, it's a wrap. wrap. Oh.